0: All right. Well, it's good to be with you guys uh, tonight. Uh, Welcome to Praxis. If this is your first time, um, Praxis is our young adult single ministry here at Lighthouse. Uh, My name is Alan. I'm one of the pastors on staff group. We've been going through, also had biographical messages and saints who've uh, been exemplary um, servants throughout the ages. And tonight we're going to conclude our series with a Q&A. And so um, we have invited people from within Lighthouse. They're not uh, in praxis per se, but uh, they are here to share their wisdom, their experience, and things that they've learned as Christians and um, our endeavor to serve the body of Christ. So uh, I'm going to move this and um, a few other introductory remarks before we get going Um, again what we're going to share is um, based upon our understanding from the word and what uh, god has taught but nothing we say is explicitly authoritative unless it can be traced back to scripture so as a fellowship group we always want to be students of god's word and looking to what God has revealed in his word um, as the guideline, as the authority. And um, yeah, what what they're gonna share are um, their insights, their experiences, and these are ways in which um, God has blessed the church with living examples, flesh and blood, of how we've taken principles and truths from Scripture and applied them to everyday life. Now, um, I'll have them introduce themselves in... um, a few minutes, but these are some of my heroes at Lighthouse and we invited them um, because they are models. They are examples that God has provided in which we can imitate. And it wouldn't surprise me if we get to heaven and their eternal rewards far exceed mine even though I'm a pastor. And that's why I invite them to this Q&A to kind of close the gap, right, and shine the spotlight in them and rob them of some of their <laughs> eternal treasures. Um, but what we're gonna do maybe first is, since a lot of you don't know who they are, we'll go down the line and have them share a little bit about themselves so that you guys build a little bit of rapport. So if you guys wouldn't mind um, just disclosing your name, um, maybe what you do, a little, a- any you know, personal details that you want to let Praxis know about you, as well as maybe you can conclude with how you serve um, at Lighthouse, the, the many ways that you're involved. And we'll start there.
1: Hi, my name is Mikey. Uh, I currently work as a pharmacist in the IT field. And uh, not too long ago, I myself was in praxis until uh, recently, January of this year, I transitioned onto Branch, which is our 30s and above uh, singles ministry. Um, so currently I serve on AV um, Bridge, which is our um, ministry for children with special needs. Shine, which is uh, the set up and tear down for Sundays and parking. Uh, I serve in Branch too, and then in an o- informal, more informal capacity, I also disciple and uh, serve as an accountability partner for others.
0: So, everything.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not everything.
2: <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is May. Um, I'm here in staff serving in counseling ministry and disability ministry. I recently joined youth group to serve upcoming sixth graders. Um, I went to dentist yesterday, and my dentist asked me if I have kids. I don't know if I should be offended or be happy,
3: <laughs> so I told, I told her I'm not married.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> that was an awesome fact, me I'm glad I know that. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. I'm Lisa. I'm married to Matt, and we've been married for seven years, um, and we have three kids. Harper is five, Lucy is three, and Judith's turning two next month. Um, And I, well, when I was working, I was a project manager at Kaiser, Um, but right now I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, And then, as a wife and a mom, my main ministry is just supporting Matt and then shepherding and discipling our kids. Um, But at church, probably the ministry I'm um, more consistently involved in is Lamplighters, and that's our ministry for moms with preschool age kids and younger, so I help out with that. And then other, like, seasonal and, like, special event things are the women's Christmas breakfast, um, the Easter egg hunt, decorating the tree. Christmas um, tree, helping out with short-term missions with the global evangelism team with Pastor Gav, and then um, the mission station at VBS. and then for me in this season, a lot of it is more just informal ministry, just with the kids, it's harder, so um, discipleship, meeting up monthly with someone, and then just having playdates to have the newer or younger moms over, or just even getting to know people in different seasons of life, um, and just bringing meals to people and things like that.
4: Hi, good evening. I am the ancient one here. Um, my name is Rubens. I um, I've been married to my wife Junie for twenty years. We have three girls. Uh, Elise is eighteen and uh, just started college at Cal State Long Beach. Uh, Katie is a sophomore in high school, and Lucy is um, fifth grade, so she's ten. Um, I work in healthcare at Kaiser. Elise actually worked uh, with me there. Uh, for a season uh, I'm a primary care uh, physician and uh I came from Brazil you know I, I lived there most of my life actually oh yeah still most of my life I'm I'm 47 so I I, I, I moved there I moved here when I was 27 so could have gone to Praxis if Praxis existed then um, yeah and I uh, serve here at Lighthouse as um the music, uh, leading music on Sunday mornings, and also I'm a deacon that helps Pastor David Lee and uh, Pastor Jason uh, overseeing the music ministry. Uh, We we host and I co-lead small group in our home, um, also part of the counseling ministry. Um, And uh, what else? Do Iron Sharpens Iron, our men's ministry, so grill some meat, and that's how I serve at home as well. Um, and do the dishes. Um, I think that that's it, yeah.
0: All right, great, so thank you everyone. As you can tell, just a wide range of ways in which these people are involved from various uh, stages and seasons of life, and yet while they may exhibit their gifts and the ways that they sacrifice for the uh, sake of Christ and his bride, the church, um, what's neat is what motivates us as Christians to serve. So maybe we could start there. You know, What is it um, that motivates you to serve? And um, yeah, just even in seasons where it's been difficult, where you don't feel like serving, what have you done to kind of be engaged and motivated to serve? So um, both like the positive side as well as answering the, the negative side. So feel free for any of you to chime in. Not all at once, guys.
1: (laughs) Um, I think for me, uh, I think a major motivation is just to consider Christ, um, how he came not to be served, but to serve. Um, Also, just looking at the church as a whole, this is um, family here, and this is where, yeah, I want to sort of pour pour into others and um, be able to love others well. um, And... Uh, also to a watching world this is sort of a a glimpse of like what the kingdom of God should look like and Mm. um, that kind of yeah being able to love one another in that way and so I think in the times when it's difficult to find that motivation or to want to serve um, a lot of it is just reflecting back on on these truths and praying and um, a lot of depending on God's strength in wanting to serve, too. Um, Yeah, when you're sort of like lying in bed and just don't want to get out of bed, but there's an early worship rehearsal in the morning or something. Um, Yeah, just going to God in prayer and um, looking to him for providing the strength that you need. Thanks, Mickey.
2: Um, all my ministries are kind of personal ministry. I do counseling, disability, and youth. Um, and I do think God has given me some special affection, interest, compassion for people. But social skills or communication skills, theological convictions, those are learned skills. Those things does not come naturally for me. Um, so I learned to do things not just based on how I feel or whether I like it or not, but I learned to do things based on convictions. So especially in counseling ministry, um, I love counseling ministry, but it is really hard for me personally. Lack of experience, knowledge, wisdom, um, even just culturally, uh, language-wise, in many ways it's challenging for me, but whenever I think of to wanna give up um, or even just one difficult case I think for any counselors is enough reason for us to want it never counsel again and especially when your best efforts and your intentions sometimes not only not helping people but could hurt people Um, so consider out of that there's more reason or temptation to to give up but whenever I think of examine my calling to serve in this ministry um, what helps me to remain here and continue persevere is two convictions. Um, and one is Second Peter talks about that his divine power has granted us all things up- pertain life and godliness, and I'm very convicted that the scripture has power to change. Whether I see that in my ministry or not, that I am fully convicted, the word of God is only place for hope and change. And the other reason is I do love people, Though I might not be good at it, I do love it, and of all the things that I could invest my time and life for, I think investing in people is one of the most worth it of my life.
3: Um, There's two different things I wrote down. There's an author and a podcast. um lady, I guess, that um, she does a lot of, like, motherhood things, but just a simple phrase that she's always said to her kids is, see needs and meet them, and I just like that simple phrase, and that's something that I can impart to my kids, too, just, like, see needs and meet them, so if it's somebody drops something, you can pick it up, just whatever, however little it is or however big it is, um, just to that reminder to have open eyes for the needs, um, and then also just a passage that I like is just Lamentation 321, but this I call to mind, and I think it's just a good reminder for me to just remember, to take the time to sit back and remember. And those significant moments in my life, whether they were really hard moments or whether they were really um, joyful and good moments, they were often just filled with people who were surrounded by me who have served or loved me in some way. And so I think sometimes when I'm tempted to just want to stay home or to be comfortable or not serve, I just remember the, all the ways that God's really shown his goodness and faithfulness to me through other people. Um, and it's seasons. You know, they're not always people that I'm still in touch with, or that I'm super close with. But there are just so many moments where people have touched and served me, and I just want to like I want to stay with that and remember that and see God's goodness in that. And so that um, also just motivates me to do the same for others.
4: Um, I didn't start going to church until I was twenty something, mid twenties. Um, And when I, you know, my first church experiences were in the Korean church. And if you have experience with Korean church, you know, I mean, some of them, there can be very, um, um, what do you say? pushy towards serving and so I was sort of indoctrinated into that you, know, you gotta serve if you're a faithful believer if you're a faithful Christian you serve and you know you do here you stay here all Sunday long and you come here on uh, Wednesday evening service and you come here on practice on uh, Saturday, uh, Friday nights and we have special services on Saturday so you go with that too uh, so that was sort of a go 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 thing uh, so when I and, and I God only saved me a few years after all that and then brought me to lighthouse brought our family to lighthouse so I already kind of had this kind of condition mindset to well serving is what you do uh, but then coming here I've grew an understanding of, of why so um, the the question of hey, what do you do when you don't want to serve I mean you used to be that well you, you know it doesn't doesn't matter what you want or what don't want. You need to serve, right? You have to give your best. Uh, but now it's more of um, Second Corinthians five in the back of the mind. You know, for the love of Christ controls us, right? For for we know that He died for all, so that uh, you know, uh, so that all might not live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose. Um, so I'm doing this for Jesus, and I'm doing this for people. Like you know, they're all saying, you know, you want to love people. And I want to love God, who has loved me by sacrificing and and giving up His privilege uh, to serve. So, and you know the gifts that He has given me, they're not mine. You know, they're they're not inherently mine. And he has given them to me for the purpose of building up uh, the body and yeah, the, the, the believers that He put in my life, and the non-believers that are around me. You know, to help. So, yeah, that's. There's part of conditioning and there's part now, you know, a little flesh into that and a a different motivation that a lot of times keeps me from becoming burnt out or, you know, having that I don't want to serve uh, mindset.
0: Yeah, thanks everyone for sharing. I think what's cool is there's a common thread uh, amongst what everyone said, whether it's motivation for serving or even when you don't feel like it. uh, an elevation of kind of what's at stake, right? Like, so it's not just serving people, but ultimately this is for the Lord. Um, yeah, Paul says in Colossians 3, you know, whatever we do, we work heartily, not for men, but for the Lord. And what's crazy about that verse in Colossians 3 is he's very explicit, he says, you serve Christ, which, uh, I mean, if you really let that sink upon your your mind, it should be baffling that we can actually do something, at least in the words of Paul, for our Lord and Savior. That's really helpful. Um, So I guess on that note, like how did you guys, I mean, some of you already touched on this, but how did you get started serving? Maybe for those that are either new to the church or they're considering for the first time how to be involved, any advice or counsel you would give to them um, if they don't have experience or if they've never served
3: before? Sorry, thanks, Ruben. <laughs> so you have all the answers
4: there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. I think um, when I first started coming to Lighthouse, I was actually in, well, path, it was called Pathlights at the time. So I came in um, in your guys' season, and what was nice was just for me to um, just start where I was. The minute the fellowship I was in was Pathlights, and so that was a great place to just start serving. And so I would just say, just start where you are. There's no need to jump into the most like time-intensive or maybe the you know like counseling that's the most um, like emotionally or spiritually invested ministry, but just see like see the needs and just start with where you're naturally are. Um, I would say yeah, start small. Be consistent. Um, I think is one thing. So sometimes I think we probably all experience once you stop or once you fall out of surfing, it's easy to keep going. So. Just start small, be consistent, and um, don't wait till you're, you're ready because I think everybody's ready to serve in some way now. Um, you know, all that's required is just for you to be faithful and for you to love others. Um, I think, yeah, be proactive. Ask how you can help and start with prayer. Um, just really ask God for wisdom of where to serve. You don't necessarily have to jump in right away, but take the time to just be prayerful about it and take the time to listen to the Lord and see where he might be leading you. Um, and then just some questions that I ask myself to discern is just what areas do I want to serve in? Do I have a desire toward a particular area? Um, what are some of my gifts and skills? And then also where um, the current opportunities to serve. And so those are just some of the like diagnostic questions I ask myself too when I'm considering new things. So it could be helpful as you're like settling into Lighthouse.
0: Now I love how simple that is, right? Start with where you are. And you guys are all in praxis, so. That's an uh, amazing tip right there.
4: <laughs> Another way you can start is sign up for watching the kids for adult small groups. Uh, we have many, many groups that are child friendly that, uh, that could use the help. Uh, throughout the week, you know, groups that meet on Tuesdays, my house uh, at 7 p.m. on West Torrance, um, and there are groups that meet on well, the groups that meet on Thursdays, it's tough luck; they they won't get any. But um, Fridays, right? So. That, that's a, it, that is a helpful way, not just because it will benefit our group, but it, because, you know, you get to know the families. You're not just uh, in your own silo of, you know, a young adult uh, singles ministry, but you can, you know, get to interact with kids. You can interact with the adults. You can pray with the adults afterwards. You know, you can join the prayer group. Uh, so it's a, it's a way to get connected to the church too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good corrective from Rubens. You, you rebuked me. Um, yeah, serve outside even of uh, Praxis <laughs> um, as opportunity allows. And yeah, I th- I, what I appreciate about both um, um, sharing is how accessible it is, right? Like often when we think of serving, we might have these lofty um, pictures of, oh, that means I need to go be a missionary and devote the next decade of my life to... Uh, being across seas, Um, if the Lord leads you to that, that's awesome. You know, like we have some within Lighthouse who uh, feel that that would be a faithful stewardship of their lives, but it doesn't have to be um, these ostentatious ways. It can be in the seemingly mundane and simple day-to-day ways in which we love one another. Um, Yeah, I think one of you guys mentioned it as a follow-up then. Um, How do you discern you know, your spiritual gifts. As you, as you start to be involved in the life of the church and as you're trying to figure out what's the best usage of your time, um, your skills, how did you guys come to, you know, like find out, oh, maybe I should serve in youth ministry or get involved in, in praise or, you know, like I'm really good with those slider thingies in the back so I could help out with A.B.? <laughs>
4: Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's important to ask yourself, okay, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing and and then does it serve people? Does it build up people? Do people you know see more of Christ's love, see more of his truth, his glory uh, through what you do or you want to you. Know, and, and th- so this is the most important thing is you have to be in community. You have to have people who see you uh, and who, who know you, right? To be able to speak into your life and say, you know, I, I think, you know, you, I, I like how you, uh, you know, clean the the toilet that, that's really good you know I think you have a gift for that you know um, but, you know but seriously like yeah, how you spoke or that's that thing you said was very helpful you know have you considered doing counseling or you know how you um, the songs you chose uh, they're really good you know maybe you should you know consider uh, leading music or something something along those lines right or yeah, you have amazing organizational skills. You're so good with Excel. Uh, maybe you could help with the administration, or you know, if you're so good at accounting, you can help with the treasury, you know, uh, ministry, uh, that kind of thing. You know, you have to have people in your life you again speak into you and 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 help you see that what your gifts are. I think it's it's difficult to have you be by yourself and say, oh, I think I'm gifted in this and this and this. That that's not likely to help if the goal is to build up the church with your gifts.
1: I'd say on, on top of that too, there there is an element of being able to learn while you serve too. So like, when I first started AV in college, like I, I knew nothing about the soundboard and all its buttons and everything. But um, yeah, being, uh, being willing to go through, I guess, like a, a season of discomfort, so to say, um, to be able to learn uh, how to use, how to process how to yeah run a soundboard. Um, I think even with Bridge Ministry, the disabilities ministry too, um, yeah, not really familiar with how to interact with special needs kids, but um, being willing to go through a season of discomfort and yeah, I don't know what to do, but. Um, watching other people who serve on the bridge ministry and also just being able to learn from the kids as well. Um, And yeah, from that even having a a desire even um, as that could be a gift within itself too, just a growing desire to serve in that way.
2: Um, And I would say if you just wanted to start serving anywhere, there's so much need at church. We are about a thousand people church and only 30 people on staff so we heavily depend on volunteers so if you're looking for where there's need i think that's a good place to start but for some of you might wonder what's my spiritual gift um i don't know what come up to your mind gift of tongues <laughs> spiritual gift <laughs> um gift of prophecy healing um if you have any of those let me know <laughs> i want to know how you get it <laughs> yeah but um First Corinthians 12, four to seven says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So I think spiritual gift is not just special power, special ability that given to some, not the other, um, there definitely are some spiritual gifts that are unique to some people, but I think when it talks about spiritual gifts, all the Christians have a spirit in them to display the work of God in them. So I think as we grow in our knowledge and our love for the Lord, God will give our eyes, open our eyes to see the burdens in people's hearts and give us desire and, and willingness to serve and to help. So I would say to really find your spiritual gift, um, grow heart after God, and see where he leads you there.
0: No, I like that. I think uh, a lot of times we just kind of envision what we might be gifted in. But it's all theoretical until we try, right? And if we understand that as Christians, we are a community built upon grace, then we should be the freest to make mistakes and attempt to serve. And if it's a gift, well, it's going to bless people. It's going to nurture and edify, right? Um, and there has to be space, kind of like what Mikey said, to, to learn, right? Like even the most, like you just even look at it from um, a logic perspective. Even the most talented person, um, say in athletics, well, it's not like they wake up, they get out of bed, and they, they, they dunk the basketball. No, they, they have also put in a lot of, practice and work to hone that skill and to uh, develop their craft. And um, principally, it's, it's the same within the church. But first step first, like, um, it's all just fictitious until we actually attempt to love and serve people. So I guess kind of on that note, as we're uh, figuring out our spiritual gifts, um, how to uh, minister to others what happens, like, how do you guys discern between, okay, I'm learning, but maybe this isn't how God has wired me, or I might be better um, positioned to serve in a different ministry. Like, what's your thought process? Has that happened in the past? And um, yeah, how have you been redirected maybe to a more suitable area of ministry?
4: That wasn't on the questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, at one point I was serving with Spectrum, which is our uh, international uh, student ministry here, where you know you have. Uh, students coming from all over the world and you know a lot of them we have a sort of a partnership with El Camino Community College so there's a lot of students that come there and you know they, we go out there and just tell them hey we have this thing here at this place you know church that we just get together and you know just have community and get to know each other and um, I thought okay this I'm, I'm sort of a extrovert introvert as so I'm you know, I'm okay with talking to people. Uh, maybe it's a good thing. I'll serve in Spectrum, uh, and I did for a few years. But then, I don't know if it's—I uh, would say—it's lack of gifting, or it's just seasonal life, or you know, sin issues I had to deal with uh, with my own heart. But um, I just—I just couldn't get myself to go. The all the way, you know, because the student ministry, international student ministry is a very hands-on, you know, you, you know, sometimes they call in the middle of the week, oh, I need a ride to this place, or I need to do this, or my computer's not working, what do I do, you know, because that's what you become, you become a friend to them, and you want to, you know, help them out and be a resource to them and be available, and I just found I didn't have that availability. So that I had to kind of, you know, Talk to the leadership that a spectrum and sort of step down from that. So, yeah, I think trying it out and then seeing well, you know, where my seasonal life is and, uh, and with work and home and with kids that are, you know, teenagers and and all that is involved in that. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't. Probably the right time. So I don't know if it's because it's not my gifting, or it's, you know maybe later in life uh, we can start doing that again. Uh, but yeah, in that we I had that you know I had to step down from that, and you know um, counseling was something that also um, never thought that I would be. But as I'm working in my field as a doctor and I'm seeing well, what I enjoy more about my job is not doing prescriptions and ordering tests, but it's talking to people and trying to uh, understand what they're at and trying to give words that will be helpful for them. And then coming into uh, ex- being exposed to the concept of biblical counseling, that was something that really uh was very helpful to my own personal life and then made me realize I I really want to do this and, and, and people were helped. So that's how I started, you know, with the counseling ministry. So, yeah.
0: Anyone else?
2: Um... This was one, wasn't one of the prepared questions, so thinking on the top of my mind. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm thinking if the area of ministry that you're in is not your gifted area, I think you will know, or someone else will know. You will not be very fruitful in the ministry that you are not gifted or you're not loving. I can't think of serving well when you don't love the ministry or you're not good at the ministry. I think someone will notice, it's just a matter of time that it will bring it to you. But when I am confronted that the ministry is not right for me, is the question, how am I going to respond to that? Am I humbly submit to it, examine if this is my gifting, or am I insisting I'm still doing this? (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, that's good. I think that's so key, right? Humility. Like, if we understand serving is not for our own interests, but for the interests of others, then that changes why we are interested in a particular ministry. So that if it doesn't work out, uh, we should be able to humbly receive the feedback of those who love us, uh, brothers and sisters, who are part of the same family and tell us, well, maybe um, I I appreciate you you trying this out, but you might be better positioned to serve in another ministry. And I think if we have that humility and we have the mindset that service is not about me, but for the sake of others, then it's not as devastating, right? Like our, our identity is not tied to what we do, right? Our identity is tied to Christ so that um, we, we don't have to bank our entire worth on, oh, I, I am going to be you know, part of the praise team or I must serve as you know, a speaker or small group leader. Um, but again, if we view it as this is to meet the needs and if I excel in this way and people affirm me, then that's great. And if not, then I can fall back on the fact that God says in his word that he's gifted all of us and it just means I need to keep searching, keep trying it out, right? Um, I think a, a related question that we got actually multiple times is what do you do whether it's season of life or even just bandwidth-wise, when you, you don't feel like you have the time, energy, or skill to serve, or even like a follow-up to that is, how do you know when to take a break from serving? You know, to avoid burning out, things like that.
3: Oh. Okay, I'm trying to, I have a lot written down, so I'm trying to figure out (laughs) what to start with. Um, I think just in terms of feeling like you don't have enough time. um, You know, I think you guys have just been studying this past summer, like, you know, it's such an essential part of our own spiritual growth. And so, and um, it's a part of being a part of the church body, and so it's necessary. And so I think if maybe you're feeling like you don't have the time, then... um, not in a harsh way, but maybe it's time to reconsider and reprioritize and just reevaluate what life looks like for you. Is it work, is it um, you know, sports? What are the other things that cause you to not have the time to serve? Um, and then, yeah, I think honestly, you might not ever feel like you have the time. Like we're never there's only 24 hours in a day. We're never gonna have more time. The older we get, you don't get an extra hour. And you know, for me as like a mom with three kids, I really don't feel like there's extra time in the day. And so, um, and I'm sure you guys are busy. You work late nights. There's a lot of things going on. And so, um, yeah, I'm just encouraging that this is not like right now is not the time. Like this is not just the waiting period. Um, just there. You know, I think that we will make the time for the things that we love and the things we want to do. And so we'll make the time for the God we love and for the people that we love and serve. Um, And, yeah, I think just one thing for me, just remembering, like, when I was working, um, you know, with Pathlights, there'd be nights, like, yeah, when there were crazy events, flu season, (laughs) when there were crazy events, um, Like, I would be staying at work super, super late, and I'm sure you guys can relate. Sometimes it's like, you know, like 10, 11, 12, I'm still in the office, but Thursday nights was my night to leave on time, and so that sometimes meant the sacrifice of staying late, or it was a sacrifice of my boss or coworkers might think less of me because I didn't finish my work, and that was the cost. I think serving will always have a cost, and that's not a bad thing, but when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. Um, So that's just... um one thing on time, and then um, ooh, okay. I think in terms of like skill, I think we might not always have like the exact skill to serve in a particular way. Like I might as well be tone deaf. I should not be on worship team. So there might be that desire to serve in a certain way, and when, if we don't have the skill, like that's okay. Um, but I think like we all have the capacity to serve in some way. So. I think there's infinite ways that we can love others because that's what we're called to do. Um, And I think just like one example for me was when I was applying to go on missions. It felt like everybody only wanted a doctor or a teacher or a nurse or just an engineer, like a very set skill. And I was an admin assistant. So that's not really what people are looking for in the mission field, um, but God is gracious, and it was discouraging at the time, but God was gracious. I went for seven months, and the main ministry was just discipleship and getting to know the woman in the village, and so that, it was basically just loving others in another country, and so, um, yeah, I think that sometimes it can feel discouraging if you maybe don't have a certain skill set, but there are other ways that God's gifted you, Um, and then I just look at, like, 1 Corinthians 12 and the passage about the members of the body, and Paul doesn't really speak of things in, um, by way of like skill set, but about who we are and who we are as a person. And you know the words they use are God has composed and arranged the body. And so we you know you serve through you and who you are and not necessarily just by the skill that you have. Um, so yeah, I think that's just my encouragement for you guys.
4: I think if the, I mean, I don't know, you know, where you guys are coming from when you're asking about, over if I don't have time or skill or, or gifting to serve, I would just be concerned. You know, is if the default of your life is, oh, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to serve or or I don't have time or just thinking about serving is is kind of overwhelming. Um, I would say examine your heart. Yeah, and like Lisa said, you know. We, Reassess your priorities, you know, do a you know, a little list of your day and break it up and everything that you do in your day and just ask yourself, Who am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? And then, you know, if if you see all of that as you're doing this for you, then yeah, you, you need to re examine um, your motives and priorities because uh, you, you know, again, you always fight time for the things you love, right? So, um but yeah there are seasons where if you if you are pouring yourself out for others right if you are finding ways to to reach out and I mean, when we were talking about serving also I want to make make it clear that we're not talking just about you know the, the the marquee, you know, areas of service like you know worship or counseling or teaching and small group leading, uh, you know, even like AV or things that are in the background, and even personal ministry, right? You're just reaching out to somebody, you know, grabbing a coffee or or a meal with somebody and just getting to know them, asking how they're doing, praying for them, asking how you can pray for them. That's huge, right? That is a tremendous amount of service, and you know it. Sometimes it doesn't take them a lot of time to just text somebody, hey, how can I pray for you today? Or text them a passage or a devotional you read or a, you know, a verse that spoke to you. So a lot of times these things are are service too and they don't take a lot of time. So if you are doing that, if you are pouring yourself out for others, if you are faithfully serving and, and there's a season of, of intense suffering, a season of intense trial where you know or sin you know you're struggling with you're battling a sin that you just can't get a grip on and you're you need to seek counseling or you know things are just really overwhelming it's it's okay to take a break from serving and and this is what i appreciate about uh, our church is i've been in in that position i mean I've, it Twice I had to kind of step down from you know my deacon duties responsibilities, step down from my responsibilities in uh, leading music and counseling and everything. I had to drop everything because I needed to deal with my own sin. I needed to deal with my own suffering at home uh, with uh, with my family, and and the church was more than willing and supportive and saying you know you, I, you know you need to take a break. It's okay. There's no shame in it, and you know we're gonna find ways to cover your responsibilities. Just take your time, however too much time you need to work these things out. Uh, so yeah, when when things are really overwhelming and people who know you and are walking with you say, yeah, I think you should take a break, then you know, it's, you, know you should take a break. Um,
2: I work here at Lighthouse uh, with other pastors, so whenever I think I'm overwhelmed, I'm too busy, I have too much on my place, I look around, everyone else is busier. Mm-hmm. They have family, they have full-time job. Amen, me <laughs> 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 Yeah, so I think if you think, oh, this season of my life is too busy, um, most people who serve the most in this church are very busy people. Um, serving is priority for them, and they make time for it, and... Us being single young adults, I think we probably have the most time, most freedom in our hand, and this is probably the best time for us to be really fully invested in church community. Um, In terms of lack of energy and skill set, I do think people are given different level of energy, different level of skill sets. You might given two talents instead of five. Um, God is not calling you to make five more talents. Um, If you can be faithful with two that you have, God says to both good and faithful servant, so think about how can you be faithful with the given energy and skill set that you have. Um, To answer questions about when to take a break, I am not good at this, but ideally, (laughs) um, if you can't take a break before you burn out, I think that's ideal. The recovery after burnout is a lot harder and it takes longer, so if you know yourself, know your endurance, perseverance, know when you what you can handle, what you cannot. Learn to say no beforehand, that would be the best. Um, And when it gets to the point where you cannot fulfill your more important priorities, then you have to stop. I think if I cannot keep up with my personal disciplines and try to serve others, I will burn up very fast.
0: Yeah, I think what's um, indicative is why you're looking for a break. right? So, motives matter. If it's, oh, I wanna break from serving because I'm lazy and I just wanna chill. Well, that's a very different reason than I'm feeling burnt out and I need to be refreshed so that I am uh, better suited to then engage and to serve. Right? One is more bent towards yourself, whereas the other sees it as a stewardship. That even rest is then used to be re-energized so that you can serve better, right? It's kind of like sleeping, right? Um, You need to rest. At at some point, you need to get your sleep because if you don't, you won't function to your full capacity. But if you're merely laying in bed for 12 hours because you don't want to do anything, well, that's very different from someone who's getting uh, sufficient rest so that they can be productive, so that they can be faithful with the day that God has given them. See the difference? Um, anyone else on that particular question? Because we did receive it a lot. I think it's something that we, we do wanna wrestle um, with. Like, when is it appropriate to take a break? Um, maybe another analogy that's helpful too is like you just think of sabbaticals, right? Sabbaticals, at least for the pastors at this church, are not just so that they can go on vacation, and do fun things. Uh, it could involve those things, but it's, it serves a greater purpose, right? So that when they come back, they will be refreshed and ready to, to serve again to, with all of their effort and energy. But yeah, any other comments, any other thoughts on taking a break from serving?
3: few thoughts, Um, just some questions that I ask myself personally. Um, I just ask myself, am I serving joyfully or am I grumbling, complaining a lot about either what I have to do or the people? Um, How is my own personal spiritual walk with the Lord? I think people have covered these, a lot of these. Um, A big one for me is just, am I being prayerful over my ministry? Like, do I pray for the people and for my ministry consistently or am I kind of just doing things on my own strength? do I have time for important people in my life, like my family, my friends and roommates, coworkers? Um, And a big one is also just, do I have margin in my days and weeks? Um, And so in your day, if you're so busy and you're going so hard and fast that you can't have time for a friend who may be in need or just needs to talk, or um, for whatever that looks like, just I would encourage you to um, build in that margin into your time too, and if you don't have that margin, then maybe it is time to just take a little break and again reevaluate Um, from serving.
0: No, that's good. I think one thing um, that people in practice particularly struggle with is um, how to find that balance between career and church involvement, especially in this season of life where they're trying to be established in their um, yeah in their occupation. You guys have any um, thoughts or counsel on how, how did you guys find that um, appropriate mixture of being involved in the church? versus pursuing um, faithfulness in in the workplace? Um, Yeah, should you prioritize your church and your schedule around church or vice versa?
1: Um, So I I think I kind of want to make sort of a a comment on the the career versus church kind of distinction. And uh, maybe it's helpful not to see it as like secular versus sacred, but as everything as a ministry. So even in your career, can that be a ministry to your coworkers, to your employers? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. How are you interacting with them? Um, How are you stewarding your assignments and work? in the interactions during meetings. Um, and that could be a, a service to, to them, um, proclaiming sort of the gospel truth that you adhere to and possibly even leading to um, evangelistic opportunities. Um, so yeah, I, I know there's uh, people that yeah aspire to kind of Um, So to say climb the corporate ladder, and I don't think that is a a bad thing in itself um, if you are viewing that as an opportunity to Maybe be a manager over others so that yeah, you can oversee others and you can be um, a little bit more integrated into their lives as well Um, and Yeah, I think in in that balance uh, for myself I work from home. Um, A lot of my assignments are just done digitally. A lot of my meetings are virtually. So you log on and they say, oh, here's the agenda for today. And then once the agenda closes, then everybody logs off. Um, Not very many interactions or opportunities there. So uh, I think for me, that's why um, a a large reason why I, I pour myself out so much into the church is just because of yeah the time and capacity that I have um, because of my work, because of that flexibility, um, because of that lack of interaction that I can sort of pour more energy in here. Um, but for others, it might be sort of the other way where you're pouring a little bit more into the lives of coworkers and um, being a light there. And uh, yeah, that's how we're, we're differently gifted, so to say, and how we can serve.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's very, I think, insightful that the two are not mutually exclusive or in competition, but both um, be involved in the life of the church and um, your careers, they fall under a larger umbrella of living for God, of rendering worship, right? And when you view it through that lens, then it's a matter of, okay, um, how can I faithfully worship the Lord in these different spheres of life, right? Um, And then it becomes a question of wisdom, right? Like, am I in a position, maybe in the workplace, where I can be an influence and uh, a testimony of, of grace and uh, be more of an evangelistic um, person on the forefront? Or perhaps I'm uh, gifted in in teaching and equipping the saints, so uh, maybe I'm, I dedicate more time to... Uh, teaching the Bible so that others who are in those positions in the workplaces can be effective and faithful to scripture. That's good.
4: Yeah, I'm kind of like a practical example of that prior mindset that Mikey was talking about, the sacred-secular divide. I used to, when I first joined Kaiser, I, you know prior to that I had this desire in my heart to, to be a full-time pastor. And I, I guess going back to that question, how do you know when you're not gifted at something, right? You have people who can speak into your life. My wife said, y- you're just not a good preacher. <laughs> she just can't preach. So I don't think you should be a pastor. So that was that. But I had this idea that, you know, okay, I'm going to join Kaiser, but it's such a waste of time, you know, being a doctor. People are dying, going to hell, and I'm just postponing their, their you know, their journey to eternal damnation. Um, and i thought oh my only job then to serve god in my workplace is to preach the gospel to every single patient right and and it came to a point where you know it, it really caused friction with uh, with my, my leaders uh, the leadership there and it and, and it made me realize well i think i'm being a christian doctor by you know just you know throwing the gospel at my patients whether they want to hear or not um, and at the same time, being unfaithful to what my employers or you know, my leadership is asking of me as as a physician at Kaiser. so I've come to the realization, yeah, there is no secular sacred divide, you know, it's all one. God has called me to be uh, the best doctor I can be to serve my organization. So to be faithful and do what they call me to do there, um, that's the best way I can be a, Christian doctor in my workplace and then, you know, have more wisdom in the way I talk to people and ask them, you know, if they are open and willing and to speak into um, into their lives and maybe share the gospel with them or co-workers. So, yeah, it, there is no... Um, difference or 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 this separation right so you can be serving at your workplace and serving god at your workplace and then i think um would you prioritize like church or work i mean uh, if you have a a more um nine to five kind of work where you you can predict how things are going to go you know, I, I sometimes have to work weekends, but I always request uh, I don't I can't work Sundays, right? I can't work uh, Tuesday nights where's my small group, so I just built that in into my schedule request, so that I don't have to go into conflict schedule conflicts. Oh, you know, I have to work urgent care, uh, is my urgent care day or or my small group day, so that's how I do things when I try to plan around uh, the 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 weeks, you know, and but I tend to prioritize. Uh, serving uh, at at church. So if I have to pick, I will, you know, come here or serve in whatever capacity I'm here and then catch up at work later. Yeah,
0: no, that's good. I think it, a lot of it just boils down to being honest and checking your heart. You know, like, it, are you devoting more time to work because you, you want to... Um, you know, establish your career. You want to gain a reputation, or is it because you know you, you really see um, you're in a position to witness to others, right? And the same could be true of church. Like, are you serving a lot at church for your own acclaim, or is it really because you see that there's a need and um, this is a way in which people can be built up? Okay, I'm going to move us along. Um, there's another important question that was submitted uh, multiple times with a practice twist. So the question is, how can I wisely serve the opposite gender without leading people on or implying intentions I don't have? So very trademark of us. We always we have to bring it back to dating um, <laughs> or some romance. But I, I do think it's, it's helpful um, for us to think about this um, because we do want to be loving and clear in how we serve one another. So yeah, any thoughts on that question?
4: Uh, yesterday I was my reading uh, plan uh, was on 2 Timothy 5, right It says, uh, do not rebuke an older man, but you know uh, encourage him as a father, um, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. right. So I think it starts there to remember that we're a family, right, and uh, these men and women that you see around you, they are your brothers, they are your sisters, and you should look at them in all purity. And, you know, purity means you you are on the inside what you are on the outside, so what you're putting out is what you have inside, right? So I don't... I haven't been single for a long time, so and, and I praise God because I, I was not a good single, so I don't know how, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't a single believer, right, so I wasn't a believer when I was single, so I, I, these questions weren't even in my radar when I was single, so, but I think just being up front, you know, saying, hey, I you know, you need help with this, and, but, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm, you know, interested in you or anything. Or, or if you are, you know, just say, hey, I'm, I, I want to get to know you better. You know, can we go out for a cup of coffee? Yeah. And, But if you're not, just say, you know, I just want to serve you, you know, because you're my sister in Christ or because you're my brother in Christ, you know?
0: Yeah, I do think there's that element where um, you can only control what you can control, right? You, like if someone else develops feeling for you, um, that's, if you have in your, in, um, with a clear conscience and done your best not to uh, mislead someone and you've just been serving them as um, a fellow brother or sister in Christ um, and there's they on their end um, yeah, uh, end up being attracted to you, well, you cross that bridge when that happens. But that doesn't preclude you from being loving as a brother or sister. That doesn't... Um, give you an out from serving others, right? Uh, I do think there needs to be humility and honesty for why you're serving, right? So you should definitely examine whether you have ulterior motives um, in serving others, but it's just gonna happen. I think we need to acknowledge like uh, godly people are gonna find godliness attractive and that's okay because if they're attracted to godliness, then they should also be godly enough to... um, have those kind of conversations um, and um, yeah, being w- willing to work through uh, those, those matters. But uh, I think to, to be so concerned about um, implying intentions that you don't have where you end up uh, not loving people is probably not also the answer you're looking for.
3: Um, I actually had that same passage that you mentioned written down too and so from 1 Timothy 5, but just learning how to honor the other person. Um, and just, yeah, like Ruben said, just seeing the opposite gender as a brother and sister in Christ first and foremost. They are an image bearer, so how do you view them as someone who reflects God's character in nature, and that's how you should be viewing them. Um, and then I think just some, I don't know, like more practical things. I think that if you know, you're like serving or getting to know someone and you have a hesitation. Um, I think one thing you could just ask like do you need to be the person to fill that? particular need Um, you know you still like I tell my kids it's loving to say hi to people and smile and if you've seen my kids you know they don't smile (laughs) so you know I tell them all the time one way to be loving is to smile we prep them up before we come to Sunday Um, so I think like yes like Alan said you know you still need to be caring and loving and you know just invest in other people's lives but you know I think you guys can tell at a certain point like if you have this thought or hesitation it's worth just like pausing and thinking about it and do you need to be the person or can you trust that there are other believers surrounding this person who can also fill that need Um, or can you um, just invite others to serve alongside you also it doesn't need to be a one-on-one private conversation when someone's really needing help but you know you can invite others along and serving with you and that's just how the body works right we are all connected Um, and so yeah I think. Oh, and I think that's one thing too is just to be prayerful over your own heart and others. And like Alan said, like you don't you want to assume the best of everybody. So you can't let fear drive um, whether you serve or don't serve, whatever that looks like in whatever setting. Like I don't, I would, yeah, just don't be driven by fear. I think that's a lesson that I've learned in many ways too. Um, so I think maybe one thing that you can focus on is just in serving, how can you like cultivate friendships and how mm-hmm. can you pray for the other person to desire to cultivate friendships with their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ.
0: No, that's helpful. Involving community, right? So as Lisa was saying, you don't necessarily have to be the one that directly ministers, but maybe you tell, if you know something and you're a guy um, for that girl, maybe it's just notifying other girls like, hey, can you check up on so-and-so because I, I heard or I know that they're in a, a rough um, rough dilemma and they could be served by having people around them. Okay, moving us along, um, how how have you guys dealt with not seeing fruit in your service? Um, Yeah, and then on the flip side of that, when things are going really well, how do you combat feeling prideful about uh, the fruit behind your ministry?
2: All the ministry that I'm in, I actually rarely see the fruit <laughs> um, in my time of ministry. Um, sometimes you don't see, probably in your lifetime, um, sometimes it comes very unexpected time, um, and I'm not spiritually mature enough to not be affected by it. I think I work with people individually, and when I don't see the change, it is discouraging. Um, it does make me question, am I a good counselor, or? Am I supposed to do something else? Um, but early on in counseling ministry, I did decided at least not to measure my faithfulness based on whether people change or not, because that is out of my control, and that is not my job. Um, as a counselor, I think my job is present the truth as faithfully as I can, love the people um, as faithfully as I can, but whether it was received well or not is out of my hand. So. That was just decision and effort in my part to not measure my faithfulness based on that, but also trusting. Just because I don't see the fruit doesn't mean God is not working. And just because this person didn't change in my time of ministry doesn't mean this person will never change. So having that hope that the power is in the hands of God, not in the hands of man, um, has helped me to continue and persevere in my ministry.
0: That's so good. Yeah, there needs to be that distinction between faithfulness and fruitfulness, and the danger is conflating the two.
3: Um, I think for me, just being a mom of really little kids, um, it can feel like Groundhog Day. It's the same conversations, the same fights, <laughs> the same, don't pull your sister's hair, don't pee on there, like everything just feels the same and you, with the two-year-old, you don't see the fruit. Um, but a verse that's really encouraged me is 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And it says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in, thing, in all things and all times, you may abound in every good work. Um, so just some of my takeaways from that is just that God is the one who is sufficient. He is the one who is sufficient and able. It's not based off my works and kind of what May was saying. It's not a measure of um, my faithfulness. Um, it reminds me to rely on him and ask for his grace. When I don't see the fruit, when I'm discouraged or frustrated just to ask for for grace and to pray in that moment. And then just to ask myself, like, what is the good work he has given me to do today? So to start small, just today, what is the good work that he's called me to? It doesn't have to be a whole lifetime of seeing fruit. Like I might not see my kids be saved today. Judah's not gonna profess his faith today, but. Like, today, how can I be faithful? Um, and just one experience I had when I was in missions, like, I did not see fruit. It was a place of great depravity and it was hard. But the one blessing out of not seeing fruit was that God pulled me to him that much more. Like, I can go back and I can recall, like, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., praying. I can't sleep because I'm just praying for the people there. And that was a kind of dependence that I only experienced there in that moment of not seeing fruit. And so... Um, Yeah, just in the midst of hard things, of not seeing fruit, of discouragement, um, for you guys, there's, um, yeah, I think the Lord is still working, and he may or may not reveal it to you, but there are just ways that he's working, too.
4: Yeah, parenting is a major, major area of, of ministry that shows little fruit sometimes, and it does bring you to your knees. Uh, you know, we, we're in a season right now that it's very difficult. And, you know, all that my wife and I poured out on our older girls, you see not only unfruitfulness, you see almost like the opposite of what you planted, right? You know, it's like, I don't know, one of the prophets, or it was Isaiah or something, God asked, did I not plant, you know, a, grapes why did I why am I getting wild grapes right? And this is kind of like how we feel uh, with with that but again like Lisa shared you know it, the desperation, the discouragement that comes lead us to our knees, led me to my knees, led me to this desperation this this place of utter dependency and in those nights of just crying and not being able to even say anything, you felt the presence of God right there. And I think that, uh, that keeps me going, you know, because God, again, like First Corinthians, I don't know if it's two or three, Paul says, I, you know, I, I planted Apollo's water, but God gives the growth, right? The growth will come when God will have it, when it is his time. He is my father, he loves me, and he's infinitely wise, so he knows exactly what needs to happen and when it needs to happen, so I just can't give up loving my kids. Uh, I have also had a season of walking with this brother for many, many, many years. And it seemed like, you know, Groundhog Day. Every time we meet, you know, it's the same thing, it's the same thing, it's the same thing. Uh, God doesn't love me. Oh, I, I'm afraid of God or I can't see God clearly. And and just at one point, it made, I, I realized, maybe I'm not in this brother's life so that I will change him, but maybe he is in my life So, God will grow me this steadfastness. His steadfastness towards me that never gives up, right, is what He's growing in me as I walk with His brother. So, I grew to be very thankful for Him because, yeah, He has taught me a lot about patience and, yeah, and steadfastness.
0: I think that's so insightful. You know, a lot of times when we think of serving, we think of what we're giving and yet not realizing that God is doing millions of things at the same time, not just what we're giving, but what we're gaining and the ways we're growing as we're serving. Um, yeah, I think for both, you know, when things are going well and fruit is abounding, as well as on the flip side, when you see little uh, fruit, um, it's so important to remember who you are in the story, right? Like you're not the hero, so that when uh, ministry is thriving, And God receives the glory because he's gracious to grant growth. And when things are uh, dry, when it seems like you're not effective in ministry, you trust again that God is the hero, that it's not about uh, you per se. And so we need to redefine success, um, that it's not by numbers and fruitfulness, but faithfulness to what God has called us. I think it would be fitting to wrap up as we close out. You know, just um, as Rubens mentioned, there are ways in which we ourselves are pruned, and refined, uh, ways we're stretched and matured through serving. What have been some of like, the biggest lessons or ways you've grown um, as you've served and participated in the life of the church? Uh,
1: for me, a lot of it is. Um yeah, just the humility and um, dependence on God um, in him providing strength to do all things um, in him, yeah, providing uh, the growth in others. Um, yeah, just being able to rely on on him um, in my service, and um, also just seeing sort of the the needs of the church too, um, seeing my own sin and brokenness and seeing. Uh, the brokenness in others um, and seeing sort of the grace of God and and despite all those things happening, um, that he is um, yeah, our joy and um, yeah, our life, basically.
2: Um, I think one of the lessons that I learned is that I really need to love the Lord and love the people that I serve if you want to serve long term. Otherwise I will burn out or I will give up. and another lesson that I learned is, part of the challenge in serving people are serving difficult people. Loving people is probably one of the most difficult things in ministry, and yet there is a very unique joy in loving difficult people. Um, I think, very least, we um, represent the love of Christ and growing Christ likeness. There is unique joy in it. And lastly, I think serving, there's an unexpected gift of friendship in serving with like-minded people. When I first came to Lighthouse, I didn't know anyone, but people that I served with now became some of my best friends and greatest encouragement.
3: Um, Yeah, I think for me, just in, in serving, I've grown to um, just really see and appreciate God's goodness and his sovereignty um, a lot more, and I just particularly in um, just the trap of comparing myself to others. I think, you know, like Mikey said, you kind of come to see your own sin a lot more um, when you serve. And so for me, it was just being jealous of other people's gifts or talents or just being discontent with how the God made me. And so um, just wishing, oh, I wish I wasn't so awkward or, I wasn't so introverted or, you know, all the things. Um, but I think it's been really great like God's just been gracious in helping me come along and just to see like he has made each of us in his image. And so um, I think just being thankful for his goodness and his sovereign plan and design for our lives. Um, it's just yeah, one thing that I've grown in, and just 1 Peter 4, 7-11 is one of my favorite passages, and so just remembering is like God's varied grace, Um, and then kind of like May said, one of the biggest blessings is just getting to know the church body, like just through serving, you get to know people um, on a deeper level, or even if it's just like serving in Sunday school, you just get to know a lot of different people, and so um, it really is just a beautiful thing when you have that front row seat to see other people loving others and other people being faithful. And I think the more involved you are in the church and the church body and serving, the more you get to see that. And I think I've just been really encouraged by that and just really humbled by that too.
4: I'm learning that it's not about me. It's not about my gifts, what I put out or what I can contribute, teach or encourage. Uh, I'm learning humility, um, that I'm learning that I am a difficult, I am the difficult person that some people have to love, learn to love. Um, and that helps me to, to love the difficult people in my life. I've learned learning, um, how much I need the body. Uh, I've not been involved in small groups, that I've not been Involved in counseling, and I've been, you know, leading music on Sundays. I probably would have gotten to the deep end of sin, and God has kept me from it through through my serving and through the service of my brothers and sisters to me through prayer, through encouragement, through just being, you know, friends. Um, Yeah, so I've, I've learned the patience of God. You know, who has so much patience uh, towards me, and you know, and the humor of God. You know, when I'm up here thinking, "Oh, yeah, I'm so good," you know, look at me, look at me. I make a mistake, so He's always faithful to humble me when the pride starts, you know, coming up. So, yeah, just just learning and and just seeing more of God through serving. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's incredible how, as we serve, um, we're served by God and by others. So uh, we want to thank each of you, Rubens, Lisa, May, Mikey, for serving us so well. You know, you guys have sacrificed your time, your families have uh, allowed you to, or allow us to steal you away. And so why don't we give a round of applause for uh, each of our panelists. Do thank them if you get the chance, but also get to know them, right? If you're part of Lighthouse, this isn't uh, the, the end of our relationship. You'll see them on Sundays and throughout different events. Say hi. They are an invaluable resource, I think, to us as a ministry in which we can glean from their wisdom, and their experiences that we might grow together as the body of Christ. Um, Again, hopefully this Q&A was helpful. This is not the end of the discussion. Let's continue to strive to serve and live out our faith and to uh, encourage one another, right? This will be an ongoing conversation as we uh, lean upon each other as well as learn from each other. But let me go ahead and pray, and then uh, the praise team will lead us in a closing song. So let's pray. Father, you are so wise and kind to not merely give us the gospel in theory and in words, but in a person, in your son, Jesus Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve. And so first and foremost, we are just stunned that he would serve us, fallen, weak, broken sinners, call us to salvation and redeem us, that we might be useful, that we might participate in the joy of serving and encouraging others to behold the loveliness, the mercy, the patience of our Lord and Savior, and to get front row seats of that as we pour ourselves out, that we might cling all the more to the gospel. And so we thank you for this time. We pray that you continue to refine us and stretch us, that we would go out of our comfort zone, knowing this is for our, our good, for the sake of our soul, to delight in your son and to make him known. And so we thank you for this time. Pray these things in Christ's name, amen.